is the Three Preachers Podcast, featuring three preachers talking about life, church, and of course, the Word of God. And now, welcome to the Three Preachers Podcast. I said a hip hop, the hip it, the hip it, the hip hip hop, you don't stop the rocket to the bang bang boogie, say up, jump the boogie to the rhythm of the boogie. Welcome to the Three Preachers Podcast. We are so excited that you are listening. We are excited to be talking. That is probably our favorite thing to do is talking, especially this fellow to my right, Chris Master Man. Chief Jones. <laughs> Master Chief. And, He's coming out. And, can, I, can I say Devin's name then? And, you, you go ahead and, and sitting across from Crit Master Chief is Devin Thunder Chief. <laughs> Thunder Chief? Yeah, Are we Thunder just Chiefs? Chief. <laughs> what kind of chief you want to be, David? I don't know. I'm Chris, do I have a chief? Let's think. I can't think of one on top of my head. Wow. Th- Thunder Chief's all I had. That's pretty offensive. <laughs> you were so excited to give Devin a Bearded Chief. How about that one? <laughs> <laughs> you know, sometimes it makes me sad that the only thing I'm known for is the bald head and the beard. There's really nothing. It does have its own, whole, e- yeah. it's its own ecosystem. Yeah. Whole per- <laughs> oh, Yuck. Oh, man. Yuck. You know, it's not even really that, you know, that thing we were at last night and you look around and there's all these people still on the field. Do you know how many bald-headed, bearded dudes were out there? Yeah. It's like lot. it's not even it's not even original it's, anymore. Which was crazy. So I was out there. It's a football field full of people. And I was like, well, let me try to find David. That'll be easy. And I look over, and it's just a lot of bald-headed bearded people. And the next one was, let me find Macy because she, she's wearing a bright pink sweater. And I swear 50% of the girls were in bright pink sweater. And I was like, I'm not going to be able to find my kid. I was with you all. I was like, I'm not going to be able to find my kid because well, you all the, look like everybody else. One of the guys out there uh, that was with us, he said, you know, it was really easy to find you. I was just looking for the bald head sitting out. And so he walked over and found his daughter who sent with a different group and said, uh, I said, just, just look for the, the bald head sitting right over there. That's where we are. And she said, which one? And I was like, oh, man, it's not even not even original anymore. Mm. So I'm known for what 95% of people are known I think for in that. ministry, I think that number goes up. I've noticed there's a lot of balded, bald, bearded people in ministry. Like theologians, ministers. Doesn't have something to do with testosterone levels, too? That's it. You've got more testosterone. Testosterone levels ca- they cause you to go bald, bald. quicker, yeah. and you grow hair. It's actually a good sign of your yeah. masculinity. Oh well, it made me feel good today. I appreciate that. And also, it so call me testosterone chief. There we go. Teach Most likely to fight in a civil war reenactment. Cool, 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 cool. Do you think the beard and the bald has replaced? The graphic tee and the skinny jeans for ministry. Maybe People in so. ministry. And cigars. The, no, now it's you got to have, you do, yeah, the beard and stuff, but you got to look kind of raggedy. You know, oh, you got to yeah. have tattoos. Uh, you and your have clothes that. have to be from a thrift store. You don't know if I have tattoos, Chris. <laughs> they, I haven't been I, in front of you. You don't know. Well. That's true. You don't know. You don't know. I don't know David hasn't walked around the sh- uh, office shirtless. <laughs> So he I'm could, sorry, you know, this has been missing from your life. Is this, well, I'm just we saying, we don't know if he's... our first podcast. <laughs> we don't know if he's... <laughs> now we've come back to it. Oh, that's true. I forgot oh, you Oh, yeah, that was that. the very first podcast. Here well, we are. We spoiled the fun, I guess. No, we, oh. we actually did have shirts on. <laughs> Four, here we are, what, 35, 40 episodes later, and we're yeah. like, guys, yeah, we got gotcha. you. Hey, speaking of confession, we have to go back and confess to you that we lied on the first episode. We were not sitting there shirtless. 
What's that was a All I'm saying, joke. we don't know if David's got tattoos. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's okay. That's true. You don't know. He's you won't, bald. You won't ever know. Like a big, like, like dragon eating a lion kind of thing. Like moving across your shoulders. And <laughs> what's the uh, Paul Blart when he had a tattoo and it was what is it? An eagle on his back. Uh, I don't, I don't and know. it was from shoulder to shoulder. And his whole thing was, I don't drink. I can't drink. And so his shirt came up and they were like, Dad. I think it was just this giant eagle on his back. And he just goes. I really don't drink. <laughs> like it was, he was talking about was, how do you know I don't have a giant eagle just spread across my back from shoulder I don't. to shoulder? Yeah, I don't know. Ah, I don't know. How do you know I don't have a heart tattoo just right above my my waistband, just right there in the back? I mean, you could. You don't. There's, you don't know. We don't know you. The mystery Maybe shall so. never be solved. <laughs> it will not be revealed. No, well, not on this podcast, at least, it depends. It depends. That's true. Like viewership goes down, listenership goes down, and we feel like we've got to like change directions with the podcast it could it could go that direction we, we do have some things in our back pocket we could pull yeah. out and yeah. marketing tools yeah that will increase the, the the listenership but also probably get us canceled like possibly even fired we don't bag of uh, m&ms for those that go to the end of the podcast something like that like we could sure or give like david reveals his tattoos yeah i was thinking more like incentives like candy bars and stuff I don't know. Depends on what people want. That's all mm. school kids would like scalp you for candy. Like we'd play a game, like a test review. I'm talking about high school kids. Dude. And I, you would say, we're going to do it for points and pride. You throw candy in, it gets real. Maybe pride will sometimes work, but I've noticed candy does not move kids like it used to. And then I moved to like gift cards. And honestly, if the gift card's not at least fifteen dollars, they don't care. Your kids are so spoiled. That's and bad. yeah, it's it is rough. That is terrible. Rough. More signs America's going down. Yeah, I know. Let me give you my theory why America's going down. Do you want to hear it? Ooh, you ready? Absolutely. Okay, this could we could just change di- the whole is topic. This different than last week, or is this a new one? <laughs> is this, this one going down this week? I don't know if I've shared this one before. <laughs> okay. This is another angry reason that America's going down. Yeah. We quit Square Bell and Hay. Okay. Okay. Is number one. No, that's think hey. about. It. We grew up hauling hay. Yeah. Okay. You know, dress no, dress like an Amish person at 105 degrees outside. Yeah. That made you a little bit tougher. No more fullbacks and tight ends in football. They've removed the fullback and the tight end from football. I thought they had a tight end. What well, am I not hardly about? anymore. Well, it's, it's in the what's, NFL, Tra- what's Travis Kelsey do? Well, that. But I'm talking about the new spread offense. Okay. okay. There it is. Okay. Video games. There's your three things. Well, hold on. That's destroyed America. Well, hold on. Three things destroyed America. Whoa, you don't think okay. that's accurate? Hold on. I mean, if we get in a thumb war with China, we'll win because like, we mash them video game buttons all the time. The the hay caught me off guard, but okay, I see what you're saying. Um, spread offense. Okay, nice. that's okay. That's what we it can't is. tackle people no more. Like you get called for targeting for touching. Somebody. But in the name of Jesus. I cast you out over the comment about video games. We rebuke you <laughs> publicly, <laughs> Christians. It's like Jason. As, as young men who have grown up in the 80s and 90s with video it's games. It's a generational difference. We have great hand-eye coordination. And we most definitely don't still play video games. No. And you have no... no, you no, have no, no like, I do not have <laughs> I a PlayStation. Know, I couldn't even name a game now. You have no hand-eye coordination and you have no tan at all. Like your milky white. You I haven't got been outside. First of all, you don't know. <laughs> you play your video games outside, I guess. You, this may be my tan. You don't see me with no shirt. You don't know how white this is underneath. <laughs> wow, that's, we have, that's my theory. 
We have spent a large portion of time talking about what I could possibly look like with no shirt on. So I is, think you're the one who brought that back. I, don't I did know bring that we, back. <laughs> I don't know if we wanted to go there. I think we left and we're happy on the trail we were on. Well, I had to get off the offensive and, trail because I was starting to get angry. Oh, right, right, right. I don't want y'all to see yeah. the, the beast within me. Well, speaking of true confessions. <laughs> Wait. What? Keep, oh, keep going, keep going. Oh, yeah, keep, keep going. going. Yeah, keep I'm going. not good at this. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's all know. I got. We've heard you preach. We know. It's like Thunder Chief. That's all I got. <laughs> that was good, though. That was good. That was good. I'll take that. Well, well, you know, we didn't do a podcast last week. I don't remember what happened. Something about uh, Chris was busy Lazy. taking a nap or something. I don't know. And then Thursday, we actually were busy. We had a, a staff planning day. Yep. So. That's true. So we, we skipped last week, and I know that, you know, I, I don't know about you guys, but I received, I received like, zero text about it, so I don't think anybody... Knows. I got one text today. You did? Today. Saying, podcast? Oh. Uh, does his butt name rhyme with Rob Domai? Loma. It does not. Oh! It rhymes with Heth Sanchi. <laughs> <laughs> you just reversed the letters. <laughs> so... Well, well, I did, too. I, I switched letters. I know. I did what you did. I didn't even know I did that. The pride of Elba. Wow. Yeah. Have you ever noticed Elba people are taking over the world? You ever notice how many McCullough. times we get on Elba on the podcast? I'm just They're taking like over the whole world. <laughs> like, everybody I meet is from Elba. Everybody. Well, we're pretty close to it here. I guess so, but here at church, we got a strong Elba yeah, contingent. Elba, we have a good Elba presence. All right. Well, back to... Uh, the reminding of reminding you of what we've been talking about. We have been talking about the elements of our worship uh, here at Westgate, but then how those elements kind of apply to daily life, how we can live those things each day. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we talked about the call to worship. Uh, today, we're going to talk about uh, something that was new to me when we introduced it here. I never experienced it uh, growing up in church or any church I've been at. Uh, but what we call the call to call of <laughs> sorry. Look at it. <laughs> Prayer Eagle of by. confession. I was like, no, call. Call two, call four. No, call by. No. Uh, the call Prayer you, of call. confession. Uh, and so, Chris, because it was kind of, I'm not going to say it was your, your baby because it didn't start with you, but you are the one that introduced it to the staff. So, can you kind of tell us what the Prayer of Confession is? Yeah, the Prayer of Confession goes back to, and I'll look, I don't want to jump too far back. I guess it's okay to talk about the, sacrifices and how you come into God's presence. If you want to go back and listen to, I guess it was the last two podcasts we've talked about this, that you might want to listen to those two. <clears throat> so you've got this Old Testament progression in which you come into the presence of God. Uh, we're sinful. We're not holy. We need forgiveness of sin. So they would do three sacrifices in, in a sequence. And the first sacrifice would be the sin offering or the purification offering to deal with your sin problem. And then secondly, you would have what would be the whole burnt offering. And that's, in a way, the animals being burned up before the, to the Lord as a complete sacrifice, what they call a complete holocaust to God. And that animal represents you in your life. Your life is totally dedicated, consecrated to God. Then the final sacrifice was the peace offering where you celebrated fellowship with God. And Christ has fulfilled all those, but what we wanted to do in our worship was remind everyone what we have in Christ. And when you come into the worship, to remind people that we have been purified from our sin, but also give people a chance to get some stuff off their chest. I mean, I know Devin's talked about this before, and you may talk about this in a minute, but when you're going into worship, it's good to come from a good place as far as sin is concerned. Let's say you've done something 
that week and you feel really guilty about your sin and it saddled you or you really don't have joy at that moment. You know, you can't come into the presence of God because you feel like a sinner in need of grace. And that prayer of confession is a way to kind of get it off your chest and be reminded of what you have in Christ. I do think we need reminders. Someone, someone might say, well, we always have the continual cleansing of the blood of Christ. But we are forgetful, just like we have the Lord's Supper every week. This is a reminder of our sinfulness, but also our forgiveness at the same time. That's a quick. Yeah, uh, and, and plus it matches ancient liturgies, the ones that we know about. Some of the worship services that, that have come to us from the ancient church <clears throat> have that in the liturgy. There would always be a prayer of confession or a corporate confession early in the worship service. And you would find this kind of progression of those three sacrifices being fulfilled in new covenant worship. Solid. Okay. That was a quick, quick answer for me. <laughs> Sorry, I was, I was expecting there was more. I thought you were going to Yeah, you're waiting for 20 minutes later in the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was like, wait, wow, you only took about People uh, running off the road because they've gone to sleep already. You know? <laughs> no, 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 no. So I think the, the question that we were going to bring up is, is okay, so that's what it is, but why, why do it? For one, that's I think that is extremely unique in Church of Christ to follow a type of order like this versus not poking fun, but opening song, opening prayer, two songs, Lord's Supper, two songs, a sermon. I thought you grew up in Church of Christ. You should know this a lot better. I don't. It's three songs of prayer, songs two songs, prayer. communion, yeah. one song, offering. Yeah, sorry. One song, sermon, invitation song. We have to contact the people. Closing prayer. We have to call the people at Madison Church of Christ and find out for sure. I have readily admitted I did not care about church growing up, so I never really paid attention to order. But but you're right. And so when we introduced it, what's been a couple years now that we started having the prayer confession? At first, admittedly, I was like, this is kind of weird. And my upbringing, and I'm not trying to be negative or mean here, but my my upbringing came back to me in my mind. I said. It sounds a lot like Catholics to me. Like it was, I had that old Southern Church of Christ in me. I was like, I don't oh, that's think funny. Because that's a lot my dad would say a lot. Like, oh, that's too Catholic. <clears throat> so I was like, I don't understand it. But as we've done it, and I, I didn't raise any objection. Hey, let's experience it. As we've done it, it does bring more intentionality into the service. It's more, you know, it's not just coming in, sh- coming in showing up and singing a few songs and going. It is to be reminded. Uh, and so, yeah, the reminding, like you talk about the reminding of what we have in Christ. It's not just about beating myself up because I don't like confession. I don't like confessing to people. It's not my favorite thing. No. <clears throat> but I don't think anybody likes really yeah, confessing. I don't, I don't, yeah. And most people who like confessing, I'm using air quotes here, probably not really actually confessing. They're just looking for attention. But, yeah. Ooh. ooh hot. Um, ointment for that burn. <laughs> uh, but the, every week when we have that moment, it's like, wow, you know, I am, I am blessed beyond measure because of what because of Christ and what he's done for me and what he continues to do for me. And and that's a really good setting. It's almost like we should really start with a prayer confession because it just gets you going into those songs leading into communion. It's really good about intentionality. Um, why confession, though? Like So so this that's just a Sunday thing we do, prayer confession. What about confession? What does confession look like Monday through Saturday? How does that help? How is that healthy for us? What, what, is that, what place does it have in our life? Like, should I go around and just tell everybody, confess everything, or do I have to openly confess, or is it more confession to God? How do other people play into that? I've stumped them. 
It's waiting for Thunder no, Chief. No, my mind was going somewhere else, and so now I'm trying to like <coughs> just follow yours. your own mind. Then no, 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 no. I mean, I, I'm not. Let's hear your stream of consciousness. Just go with it. No, my my stream of consciousness was more like I think people ask why we do it, and so we kind of gave a reason why we do it. But I don't know if that answers some people's why of. But I am a saved Christian. Why do I have to start worship out talking about myself? Almost like what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. There's that audit, you know, and are they the same thing? Is my feeling of not wanting to talk about my sin because of a belief that I'm a saved Christian, or is it more of a thing that I just don't like to talk about my sin? You know, I think that could be a. Um, well, let's follow that stream then. I think that's a great point. And I think what, what you run into. Like someone, I've had that question asked to me. Like, why are we doing this? If we're Christians and we're forgiven, why in the world would we do a prayer confession? Which would also beg the question: Why would I do? Why would I confess my sin individually? I mean, why even confess at all? Yeah. And I think of every person that came in contact with a living God, they have the same reaction. So Isaiah is the one that pops out. You really kind of have a call to worship. Isaiah is called into the temple and sees the the Lord high and lifted up. You know, he hears the the holy, holy, the thrice holy, of uh, the angelic beings, the seraphim. And then his reaction, I think, is really important for us to think about. In verse 5, he says, And I said, Woe is me, for I am lost. For I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. And I think that's the reaction we should have. When we come into the midst of the congregation, we are people that are unclean. Now, in Christ, we've been forgiven and we've been cleansed, but we need to be reminded of the holiness of God. And my quick answer, and this is a fast answer, people would say, okay, well, you know, Christians have already been forgiven. Why should we confess? And there's a place where, I'm going to flip all the way over to 1 John, where John is written to Christians. So 1 John, written to already people that are Christians. So these people have already received Christ. They received forgiveness of sins. And so he says back in... In verse 7, he says, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus his Son cleanses us from all sin. So there's people would point to that and go, Okay, the blood of Christ cleanses us, but you got to keep reading. But if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. So if we got people that come in our Sunday fellowship and say, Well, I don't need to confess sin, I don't have sin, I'm like, Well, then you're making a liar out of 1 John. 1 John says, If we say we do not have sin, We are deceptive. Then he goes on in verse 9, and here's one of the main reasons we do what we do. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What we want to do is, and we talked about this as a church staff, we want to provide our members an opportunity to experience confession. We need it. So let's say you go through a whole week and you don't do personal confession we know for a fact if you come to church here at Westgate on a Sunday morning, you're going to get to do that on Sunday morning. You're going to get to confess your sin corporately. The people that lead us in that do a great job of, you know, David mentioned this earlier. We had a member that did one recently, and he was so thoughtful. We felt like he was stepping on our toes. I'm like, is this guy like at my house? Has he talked to my wife? Does he know like <laughs> what I'm doing during the week? Because that prayer was just, I was riveted to what he had to say, and then to hear absolution at the end of that that we are forgiven in Christ, I think was very powerful. So I hope that made sense. That's my quick answer, like why this is necessary both corporately and individually because 1 John says it, and it's written to Christians. So recognizing that even as saved Christians, we still experience sin in our life. We're not 
free from sin in that regard. We have access to freedom through Christ. But to say that we go through our day and do not sin would be just wildly mistaken. And I don't know if this is a direct tie, but we brought it up before. Uh, we got we got going talking about Matthew chapter 5, 21 through 26, where Jesus is speaking to disciples, and he's speaking to, to Jews and, and his disciples, saying if you come to to bring a, a gift to sacrifice to the altar, but have a problem between you and your brother. Like there's sin between you, uh, horizontal sin even. You know, maybe we think, oh, I only need to confess these things I've done wrong to God, which, you know, all sin is sin against God. But if you have these horizontal sins going on, then before you come to God and think that this vertical relationship's okay, go fix the horizontal relationships first. Um, that that sin sin is an obstacle to our worship. I think that's a big point for me in my mind when I think about why we need a prayer of confession is because if there is sin in my life, it's an, it is an immovable ob- obstacle between me and God. And I cannot come to him unless I remove it. And I can't remove it. He has to remove it. I come to God asking him to remove the thing that I put in between us. Mm-hmm. Isaiah 59, 2, But your iniquities have separated you from your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. That's terrifying. And I cannot remove that barrier. So that sin of confession is a recognition of what's going on between me and God. God, I can't move it. I need you to come in and move it. So I think there's the the, the spiritual reality of what's happening there. But what do y'all think also is happening like on a psychological level when we confess? What do you think God has ordered <clears throat> like our you know minds to react when we're willing to come to him and confess? There's a book written about this. I'm trying to think the guy that wrote it, but it was written from a Roman Catholic perspective. There were that creeping Catholicism. But uh, <laughs> I knew he, it. <laughs> it, was, it was there the whole time. But um, his point was he's looking at it from the perspective of the Catholic confession, but he makes the point like what it does to people. Like it's we're wired for that. Like we need it. We need to be told we're forgiven. Like we need to be able to get it off our chest. Um, I was doing some research for my last sermon. I didn't include this in the sermon. Y'all probably know what this is like where you have all this research and then you have to cut a bunch of stuff out because you've got to have so, so, you have so long to talk. And after a while, people would pass out on you. But this study, I'm trying to think who did it. There are people that partially confessed and they looked at them, and I don't, I don't know what the markers were psychologically, but the people that partially confessed versus people that did not confess at all were much worse off. The ones that confessed fully and were honest had the sense of relief and the burden was lifted. But the people that partially confessed it had more anxiety, we'll call it cortisol or whatever, reaction, yeah. Yeah. stress, than the people that didn't say anything. So there's something about a full-throated confession that does something for us that's good psychologically. Well, and I, don't, I don't know if y'all can attest to this. I have half confessed to sins. I've half, I don't, with God, I know I can't keep them from God, but to people, I've half confessed my sins to people and the, like, psychological weight that that places on me. Yeah. Like, I, I can just, like, I testify to that. Like, that's real. But I also wonder, so I think there's that. I think there's also, like, what, you have to, like, break down things within yourself in order to get to a point to confess. Like, real walls have to be torn down. Like real humility has to like come to the forefront in order for you to step forward and confess. And I think that's what God wants from us. Like confession is like this thing I have to do 
between me and God, but then God also uses it to benefit me in that it's going to make me a more humble person. And I think that's just like a really beautiful thing about confession is it's got this ultimate purpose probably of, hey, I'm going to remove the obstacle, but it's also just going to make me a better person in the long run because I'm going to be more forthright. and you know, Being honest with other people. If you can be honest with God, then it makes it, it, makes it easier to be totally honest with other people. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times dishonesty, it could be in the form of not saying everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, withholding information that was critical mm-hmm. is a dishonest thing. So not to be critical of this imaginary person we've created that's asking these questions. But I wonder if you're, if you're having to ask the question, well, why do I have to confess my sins? That might be like a really good, like, hopefully kind of like a wake up for you to say, oh, wow, I might have, I might have a problem with confession. I, there might be some pride in my life that I'm not willing to come to God and say, "Please remove this." I'm I'm good, God. I don't, that's what First John's talking yeah. about. I'm good. I don't I don't have this problem of sin anymore. Right. Anyway. You maybe just realize I watched this in action last night, or as part of it, with Clara. She she's supposed to go put up her clothes. Yeah. So you got a basket of clothes and go put them up. And it's and with her, you have to be very specific. Put them up correctly. Put them up in the right drawers. So she's gone for a few minutes. She comes back out. She says, "Okay, I'm done." And so Jennifer said, well, if I send Lila in there, what's Lila going to say? Lila, of course, you know, the oldest. She has to be the, the nosy. When she gets up, she runs in there. She comes back and gives us a full report. And she goes, uh, the clothes are not really folded in the drawers, and there's a hand towel in one of her drawers. Oh, goodness. And Claire's standing there. She says, why did I look on her you know, face? And I said, Claire, did you just throw all the clothes in your drawers? No. I said, then how did the hand towel get there? I don't know. And so there's a long conversation about trying to get her to tell the truth. And, you know, and I had to have the conversation with her, like, I'm not going to have a child that's known as a liar, like, you know, or that's known for lying. And so we go this whole conversation. She comes back out and she comes and sits down next to me and she just looks at me and she goes, Dad, I lied about it. And I looked at her and said, I know. And she said, she gets tears. And she's like, I'm sorry for lying. And I said, it's okay. I forgive you. And so I gave her a hug and she sits there and she sits there and looks at me. She actually cried a little bit. And she goes, thank you for forgiving me. And I was like, oh, always, you know, like, and so, and then like that barrier was removed in the sense of she was not avoiding me. I was not still thinking about it. We sat and cuddled for like 30, I cuddled, you know, like next to me for like 35 minutes and it was really great. And now just anything like now she came in, I already knew she, she did it. She done it because Jennifer said that hand towel was in the laundry basket. She saw it and now it's in your drawer. We know exactly what you did, but she stuck by her guns. Then she came back and she apologized or she confessed, apologized. I forgave. And man, it was so much better versus with my other two who, when I know they lie and they don't confess. And it's just like that weird, yeah, that weird There's a energy between the two of you and things like that. Uh, so why do you have to confess if, if God already knows or if I'm, you know, well, it's because you need to restore something there that's, yeah, and what's, and that's the, a really good that point. you broke. The first John 1, 9 is like the, <clears throat> what we're talking about, like the removing of the obstacle, like forgiveness is unleashed in confession and you know what is what is like a family without forgiveness or what is like a community without forgiveness like can you imagine a bunch of people just really tight-knit that just have no concept of forgiveness and don't forgive one another like there there can be there there's not that doesn't exist like that has to be the the center of 
The, I think it's I think it's Timothy Keller that says a marriage is made up of two great forgivers. I can't remember if that was him or not, but something like that. Like that's what makes a great marriage. That's what makes good relationships is forgiveness. And with that relationship between us and God, like forgiveness is released through forgiveness. I think you through brought confession. A, I think the important point that y'all brought up. I think that that needs to be said is this is not transactional. This is relational. Yeah. And if you look at it from that way, if you look from that perspective, then it all makes sense. Like the whole question of why confession, why do this in your worship, why do this in your individual life. It's not a transactional thing where I'm in and I'm out, you know, I'm getting God's blessing now. I was out of his blessing before. No, it's a relational thing. It's just like you said with you and Clara, that barrier is removed and now it's just, you can totally be open before the Lord. Your prayer life is enriched. Everything is better. But I I didn't stop loving her because of that. Exactly. And I would have been fine today. It wasn't going to, she needed to know. Right. That I had, that she was forgiven. Right. She, you modeled the gospel for what you did. Actually, at that moment, I was just trying to get her to put her clothes up. <laughs> <laughs> but you but you did. Just do the job! That's kind of what I felt like. But I think that, but that's a great example, I think, of what we're trying to, that, if, if you want a reason, that's why. That's what we're talking about. It's, it's, a, it's a reminder. Yeah, And I get, maybe my thoughts are a little off on this. I can understand some people who, you know, maybe they think it's a self-deprecation thing. Uh, you know, and it bothers me sometimes when I hear people that get up in, in, a, in a service, in a worship setting, and they talk about how we're, you know, lower than the worms. We're nothing but the scum underneath the fingernails and, you know, just that super. And I'm like, I don't think confession is self-deprecation because you're saying that Jesus came and died for the scum underneath the fingernails, kind of. Like, you, we have value. We have, you know, we're creating God's image. We're not lower than the worms of the earth kind of thing but I think we got to be you know if you feel that way if you feel like confession is self-deprecation that's not what it is at all you're doing it wrong and that's like we might be out of time but, so I won't, but that's like our, our conception of sin and I think that's like do we consider is sin just it's like the c- contemporary debate on sin is sin just like brokenness is sin just like shame and guilt and like the scum of the earth like it's all about like this sort of thing, because I, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, but like Catholic theology is more like sin is distorted will and misplaced desire. Like it's, n- yeah. it's not that you're like dirt, which we are, but you know <laughs> we're made from the dirt. You know, what I'm saying? Oh. you know, it's, concu- it's not that we're the worst. Use the high tech word concubiscence. Yes, or if you go back to like Augustine, it's, it's that sin is anything that that it's birthed in pride, and so pride really is what sin is. Like it all comes. So I think we've made sin, and not that it's, I think there's an aspect to that, that this is what sin is, but we've made sin, it's just brokenness, and we're terrible people. Mm. It becomes a shame and guilt thing. Mm. And that's, I think, the pro. that might be the mis- big misconception when we talk about prayers of confession. But what are we confessing? I think we're confessing distorted wills. Yeah, disordered passions. Disordered time. passions. We're not confessing, I'm worthless, and I have no value to you. And I think that's maybe where, and I haven't thought about that till just now. Yeah, we don't grovel. We're not, yeah. It's not the prayer of groveling, like <laughs> yes. a medieval lord, and I'm you know groveling before. Yeah. This and is thinking like, about yeah. people that have that might have issue with this. Don't you think that maybe is where their mind is? I think you're right. I think two misconceptions: the transactional model, the groveling concept that we are scum. Yeah. And they're seeing sin more as a, I don't know. A depraved look at it, where it's more of a disordered passion, yeah, disordered will, 
And we want our our wills and passions need to come in line with Christ. And so, that's what we're wanting. So someone who does, a, we've talked about this, someone who does a great prayer confession. There's several people, but Scott Bolton does a really good job. And he'll name these disordered passions yes. that we have. And he always I think names that's what, my best. And that's what connects with so many people. <laughs> and I think that's more like... That's what we're talking about here. I said yeah. we're recording. He's names things that I didn't even know was a sin. I was like, oh, you're right. <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> wait, wait, what? I didn't know that was. Once again, a reminder why I need a prayer confession. Like, I didn't even know that was a sin. I have to go back to praying for the unspokens. Right? <laughs> yeah. You, Lord, you know the heart. Unspoken. You know the heart. Yeah. Uh, one more question for y'all. Maybe you can answer. Or maybe you say, I don't really know how to do this. Uh, is there an, a, a, what do you do to practice intentionally confession? Every other day of the week, what do what do what do y'all do? I, I'm not good at this because I'm more like when I do something I know I shouldn't have done, I end up just beating myself up for it. There's, yeah. there's not a confession part of it, not every time. Well, I mean, I was broken about three years ago when confession had to be made part of my marriage because I was not doing it there. And to me, like that's what it is. Like if confession isn't in the in the truest relationships you have, you're not going to have it anywhere. And so it starts there and work your way out. Like, so it started for me there, and I feel like that's when I was able to become a more genuine person in other relationships. It was okay that I, I think I had this perception that I always had to be um, happy, like the go-getter, like the good, you know. And, and part of my honesty, part of my confession was, man, I have bad thoughts sometimes. And, like, I'm not happy a lot of days in that's a confession. That's a confession to, and, and that's not on the grand scheme of things that we're talking about, but an honesty and genuine, a genuineness and a humility, I think when you start drawing on those characteristics more, like confession becomes natural because you're able to, you're able to see reality and respond to reality. Reality is God is so much greater than we are, and we should be able to talk about that in a, in a casual way, which it hasn't been the case for church. The church is you need to come in and you need to have a certain look about yourself and you need to dress a certain way and use a certain type of speech. And that's not, that's why people leave church is because church isn't genuine and people don't confess like the reality of the world that we live in. And, um, you know, so chasing after those characteristics of humility and and things like that, I think is where confession comes from. I think with, my wife over the years I've had to become more like my motives like why I'm doing things even sometimes she'll challenge that mm, mm-hmm. and so I've had to be honest about that like am I trying to even network my wife you know manipulate her you know get her mm-hmm. to do things I want her to do or try to manipulate the situation and so I'm having to be more honest about that with her at times like yeah she'll she'll ask me and I'll have to go well yeah you're right I think my motivation is not pure it's more selfish it's about me and it's not always about what you need or what the kids need. So I think being totally honest in relationships, especially with your wife, you know, that, that's a good place to start. And then in your prayer life, too, making that part of your everyday prayer is a time of confession, to confess to God. You know, and, and reflect. Here, here's one thing that I've learned that I think is really good is reflect on your day. So your evening prayer needs to be, where did I mess up? Like, I started this day off, Lord. You know, where, where was it? I was the same old me again, you know. Self-awareness is something I've not had, and uh, I'm working on it. Uh, I've told the staff this before, too, that 
that's somewhere I have to really work. Like I can be cranky and ill for no reason. And my wife will bring it up. She's like, you just really came off as a jerk. And I'm like, well, I didn't see that. She's like, well, everybody else did. And you didn't because you're not <laughs> self-aware. So you have to work on that. And I think that's something that not I've been working on, like reflecting on the day and going, okay, God, where did I really screw up? Like, where was, where was I me? Yeah. I don't make that terrible no. grammar. But where, <laughs> the, spiritual where was I? the same old person that I, that I don't want to be anymore. The spiritual discipline of examine. That's yeah, what it it's, exa- it's an examine. It is. It's exactly what it is. At the end of the so day, you look back and say, God, where, where did I miss you? Yeah. Where, where were those passions disordered? Yeah. You think it's fair to say, though, to make sure your confession ends at assurance? Like instead of just beating yourself up, yes. it should lead you to assurance. Yep. That you are, yeah. I kind of think, yeah, it should, and 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 to test that, like that's where it should naturally lead. Yeah. Like after you've had this humility and you have this knowledge and belief that you know, the First John one nine, God's just and loving to forgive. Like your natural response coming out of that is it's relief. It's you feel closer. Like that is the. If you're not feeling that after a confession, then you're yeah. You've so got not healthy. You've got a wrong belief that's affecting. Mm-hmm. Um, your confession. Yeah. It's yep. good stuff, fellas. That's good stuff. Great stuff. God's I, good. Man. I think I'm gonna go back and listen to it myself. Yeah. <laughs> just, just just so I can just so I can hear just it. to hear my voice. I mean, uh, <laughs> no, no. If you knew how much I truly hated hearing my own voice. Yeah, I, I think ever, really that's do. a universal people. Really universal. Like their own I voice. do not watch my sermons. I do not listen to any sermon I ever preached. I can't no. do it. No, that we had to do that for a preaching class, and I was mortified. And I go back and I edit these podcasts and try and you know try to fix some of the things we do, and I hate hearing my parts. I'm yeah. like, oh. But hey, real quick, I do want to plug uh, something that we got coming up. Uh, if you're listening, uh, even if you don't attend Westgate, you're here in Dothan. We got a big uh, fall funnel coming up in a week and a half, right? Yeah. A little over October a week. October twenty October twenty um, You know, Westgate people, if you want to volunteer, it's a it's probably what the second biggest thing we do in terms of children's ministry. VBS would be the it's mm-hmm. big, the big, big, the big one. Uh, you know, come out and serve, come out and help. Even if there's no games to to play at or to play at to run, uh, it's always good to meet people. Uh, meet the people who come through our parking lot yeah. uh, and just kind of be there to show them Jesus, show them joy, uh, just have fun with them. Uh, but also get the word out, pass it around to you know, pass the word around to people uh, that we're having that and. Anyways, it's just it's a really good time. So come out it Sunday, is. October 29th. We'll mention it again next week. But Fun of them. Uh, we got we got several things coming up Westgate. We're coming up here in the next couple months. So it's an exciting time. Uh, but until next week. We pray that you're looking and searching and I forgot it. Oh, You've only been doing this for three <laughs> years. <laughs> <laughs> we pray that you're looking to, I don't know what I say. What do I usually say? <laughs> Looking I pray that ways you're to, praying your car gets fixed. Pray, well, I'm praying my car gets fixed. We pray. We pray about a lot of stuff. I mean, we, we pray that. And we're gonna you know what? just just have a blessed week. We'll work with Devin on next week about a sign off. We're gonna work on that GoFundMe for Devin's car too. So probably. Yeah, thank you.